Hey, hey, welcome back, team. How you doing out there? Having a great week, you sensible, sincere, and sympathetic dust specs? Sympathetic. What is sympathetic? Sympathetic dust specs. You adaptable, adventurous, affectionate, ambitious, and amiable dust specs. And lastly, hope you're having a marvelous month or year or day or week, you passionate, persistent, and pondering dust specs. Welcome back to Beautiful Dust Specs, episode 17. This is a podcast that will attempt to teach you that there is no greater window into the wonders of this life than stories told through the window of science. So this week, I got motivated and wanted to do an episode here based on Earth Day. You know, April 22nd was Earth Day, and Earth Day is a great day. Earth Day is wonderful. The whole thing, it all came about by the EPA. It was uh, instituted from the government. And one of the reasons it was instituted was there was a photo taken. There's a very special photo, arguably the most important photo of all time. Not even, not the most important, the most popular, I don't know. I don't know the right adjective for that one. It's a very, very famous photo. It's called Earthrise. Earthrise was taken by Apollo 8. And as Apollo 8 went around the dark side of the moon, they came on up on this amazing scene. And it was earth rising above the horizon of the moon and their perspective as seen from the spaceship was epic and if you've never seen this and never seen this image you got to check it out i mean it's life affirming i give a big speech coming up here to my astronomy students it's like my empty the tank moment it's my favorite day of teaching hands down i mean it, it, it's it's everything to me and it, it's something i hope that i can get out to the world one day and make it bigger than just the auditorium at wakanda because it means a lot to me and i think it could resonate resonate with a lot of people. And one of my first slides, if not, I think the first slide after the Calvin and Hobbes uh, cartoon, which is where this podcast gets its name from, should look that one up to search uh, Calvin and Hobbes screaming dust, scream the dust spec, and you'll check it out. Calvin and Hobbes is amazing. But my second slide is Earthrise. And I went to see this. I went to see uh, Al Gore's uh, Inconvenient Truth speech because I'm a certified global climate reality leadership uh entrepreneur not entrepreneur that's not the right word uh ambassador and i haven't really done much with it but the the experience of going to see him give that speech live was epic and slide one is earthrise slide two was pale blue dot which are the two big focal points in my speech and i was like oh dang like me and al are like the same dog i was like yo al i do i do that too we didn't listen because there was like a thousand people in there from 45 different countries but i got a little shell shocked with uh al gore i was like oh my god i did a little like hands to the face thing like oh like butterfly fingers i was pretty stoked and the speech was amazing and global climate is change is real. Sorry, homies. I don't know about sorry. It just, it's scary and terrifying. And it just hailed here and rained and stormed all in about 30 seconds. It's just weird. Weather in Illinois right now is crazy. And I think it's because of the changing weather. But anyways, let's not get on that right now. Let's talk about this earth rise really quickly. This is a, this is a picture that would only have been taken if these astronauts went to this thing that we call the moon. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the moon. We give Earth Day its day, and Earth is amazing, and I'll talk about Earth in many different episodes, if I, you know, many I've done already. But the moon does so much for us, and it's something that we don't ever appreciate. We do totally take it for granted, and I totally did too. I remember when I took astronomy in college, I really didn't like it. I'm sorry if this professor is randomly listening to my podcast, the astronomy professor at Western. I don't remember your name because it was not exciting to me, but he was showing a, he was showing a video one day, and the video showed this 
it was just i think it was called what would what we when when we lost the moon or something like that and it just talked about these things and there were multiple parts in the video that i was like hmm Oh, that's cool. And I didn't really, hmm, that's cool too often in that class. So this really got me going. And the moon is amazing. First off, I mean, it, it, it just, the, the perspectives it gives the humans from just the audacity of the Apollo missions is staggering, is immense, is insane, is wonderful, is all of it. I can do an entire episode, I will do episodes on the history of NASA and the Apollo missions, but the Earthrise image is arguably one of the most important images ever. The EPA was instituted after this image was published because it was printed to the public and the public was like oh snap like that that's it that's the earth and if you've never seen it oh my god you should i'm sure you've seen it it's again one of the most famous images ever you've probably seen a bunch but it just shows about half the earth illuminated by the sun the other half is gone and it's just surrounded by this infinite darkness this total blackness and i think people finally woke up to the idea of like oh my god this thing is fragile this thing is amazing it's this little blue little oasis and from the moon you can't see people you can barely even see the continents you see blue and you see green there's amazing psychological things that take place i can't remember the 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 phenomena right now where the astronauts who go up into space get this like connection to humanity and they they stop thinking about the terms of it or them or you know us it's just we And and it's a really amazing thing that's one of the reasons why i'm such a proprietor of astronomy and of space travel but the moon allowed us to get there. A moon's gravitational field was what was holding them in orbit. It's an awesome tale. If it wouldn't have gone by, if the rockets wouldn't have fired, they'd still be orbiting the moon today. It'd be a pretty gross sight, but that's what was uh, that's what it was doing. The Apollo astronauts were amazing. And if you watch a documentary called When We Left Earth, it's really cool. And at this moment in the story, uh, Jim Lovell's talking, and the next guy, uh, I'm sorry, I can't remember the guy's name. I should know this. I should totally know this. My students will be disappointed in me. He's like chewing bubble gum. He's like, eh, it just so happened that I had a camera with a long colored lens. And he just like snaps this photo and looks down at it. And boom, Earthrise. So the moon gives us these perspectives. And the moon has changed humanity forever. You can go outside. You can look up at a moon. And you can be like, my God, human beings have been there, have done that, have been on that thing. It's amazing. It's wonderful. It's perspective changing beyond infinite measure. And let's hope we invigorate space travel sooner than later here. And let's get it fired up and let's get going back to it. Because that's what I'm hoping for. And I want to be a part of it, which will never happen. But I would love to do that, y'all. It wouldn't even be a heartbeat. Like, want to go into space? Yes. It's really dangerous. Don't care. Let's do this. I'd love to at least be experience zero G sometime, right? I mean, just go up in that sweet plane and, like, throw something up and just, like, watch it spin. I'd be like, I probably spend most of the time just giggling and being weird because that's kind of what I do. I'm a nerd. That's how we be. Anyways, so let's get into the moon here for a second. The moon has been with us for roughly 4.5 billion years, which is roughly the age of the Earth. And this Earth, this thing that we are standing on is this infinite symphony of homeostasis, this infinite symphony of balance and chaos and spins and dips and dives and everything. And the more you study science, and I was just recently on a podcast called Your Creative Push, and it was awesome. And he, he, threw, into, he threw at me my question that I want to start asking people sooner or later on this podcast about your most astounding fact and i won't bore you with it again but if you listen to the previous episodes it's about i think it was episode 10 it was it, it's about the the circles it's about the cycles upon cycles that everything you see is just interconnected beyond belief and one of the things that blew my mind was the interconnectivity of the moon this thing that we see is the phases and you should always know the phases it's really easy and you can like impress people like ooh, the phases of the moon so if you look up at the moon and there is moon on the right 
And shadow on the left, you're in what's called the waxing phase, meaning it's getting bigger. And then you just pick the shape. If it's moon on the right and it looks like a crescent roll, it's a waxing crescent. Then it'll get to about half. Don't worry too much about that. It's actually called the first quarter moon. It's not called a half moon. Half moon is technically the full moon. And then once it'll go through that, the moon will be on the right, but it'll kind of look, it'll go past the center line. It'll look like a round belly, and it's called gibbous. And I always remember that by, like, you know, crescent moon is, like, crescent, and then gibbous sounds like a big guy. Like, oh, I'm so gibbous. I'm a big gibbous belly. I got a moon belly, yo. I don't know. That's how I remember that. And wax on was, like, wax on, you know, adding wax to it, and the moon's getting bigger. And then when the shadow comes in from the right... You're in the waning phases, and waning's easy. It's getting small, you know, smaller, so it's waning. It's like, oh, it's waning. It's, just, it's a tiny moon. It's waning. It's getting smaller. That's always remember that one. And then it goes backwards. It goes waning gibbous. Then it goes third quarter. Then it goes crescent. In the halfway point, there is the full moon. And at one point, there's no moon up in the sky, which I always laugh about. You can go outside and freak out, like run through your neighborhood, be like, oh, my God, the moon is gone. And then hopefully a science person would put their arm around you and be like, actually, little buddy, it's just the new moon. But enough ranting and raving here. Let's get going. The moon has been here for 4.5 billion years. Where its origin came from is, you know, theoretical. It's not totally unknown. What makes sense to me is what's called the large impact theory or the giant impactor theory or the giant impact theory. It's called a lot of stuff. And there were a lot of theories before this that were kind of funny and they kind of make sense and kind of don't. The uniqueness about this is that the moon, the moon's composition is almost identical to our crust, and it does not have an iron core. So that was always the big question mark about this. But the first one was the condensation theory, that when the when the Earth formed up in the gas clouds, so did the moon. And it doesn't make sense. It, they would have different compositions or identical, you know, just the, the composition of everything doesn't make sense. It also would be formed up directly in line with the equator, and it's not. If it was, we wouldn't have the phases. And it's got a slight tilt to it, like a little off-axis, off-axis tilt as our Earth as it goes around our earth the next one was the capture theory that some big huge body that is the moon came on in and you know was just kind of and just like pulled into the little orbit of our of our moon of our planet doesn't make sense again it would have been moving too fast something that speed for the gravity of earth either would have pulled it apart and ripped it apart or it would have it would have pulled it into us and slammed it into us the last one is the capture theory the capture theory is this idea that as I'm sorry, the, I already said that one. The the fission theory is that as the Earth was just spinning, 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 it just like threw off, you know, just threw a huge chunk of matter off of its magma ball that was Earth about five billion years ago, and it just parked itself in orbit, started orbiting around. Doesn't make sense again because of the composition, and also there's nothing to explain why the Earth had been spinning that fast, and the Moon's not just gonna like fly off and be like yeah, and just like hit the brakes and just start going around, and then the Earth would just be like, you know what? I'm tired of spinning so fast. Let's just calm it down here and let's get slow. No. It wouldn't have done that. So the theory that exists now is what's called the large impact theory. And it's just something, a huge protoplanet, roughly the size of a Mars, that hit, that's actually called Thea, slams into our planet and obliterates our planet. Like, this would have been, like, game over. Like, we're not coming back from this. Not, like, dinosaur killer. This, like, stripped the mantle, stripped the the crust and mantle off of our planet. And some theorize that it actually fused our 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 earth are uh, the two iron cores together and in case you don't know about earth earth has an incredibly huge iron core and i'd have to do a whole other episode on what the iron core does for us multiple episodes the tectonics and the magnetism all of it okay all of it 
The moon does not have this, but the moon is now in orbit. So they think this took a lot of place. It probably gave us our, it gave us our iron core. It also possibly kicked us on a tilt, kicked us on our little 23 and a half degree tilt and then parked itself in earth. And they think this could have formed up from the debris in less than a year. So the earth is 4.5 billion years old and the moon is roughly 4.5 billion years old because on a billion scale, one is nothing. One day is just absolutely nothing whatsoever. So the moon goes around us and it has profound impacts on biology it it, it I'm, i'll save the best one for last but you know right from the get-go it, it provides light at night and there's just about these food webs and food pyramids and nocturnal predators and prey that exist at night would be totally thrown off without our moon and they wouldn't like life wouldn't you know, care too much because life would exist. But we talk about life, we talk about life as it is today and life that you are a part of on the evolutionary ev- ecological f- time frame and footprints. So if this thing's changed, you're changing, it's changing, we're changing. And we talk to this pod, we talk in this podcast through the theory of evolution. So all of these events that take place would change what led to the DNA replication, the DNA's genome that is the thing that I get to call me and you get to call you. So this would have changed ecology. It would change the tides. There would be no tides. It actually has earth tides as well. The moon and the sun, actually, the moon will pull on the actual mantle itself. And this is such a profound thing that CERN, the massive particle collider, actually had to adjust for this, had to make sure that everything was going well in this. Otherwise, it would have changed the composition of, of the measurements. So as this thing's going on, it has already created this incredible ecological balance for us. And it gives us the tides. The tides create huge amounts of evo- like oceanography, tide tide pools, and ecosystems. Because again, ecosystems and ecology is just this interconnected series of all things. So it balances the oceans. You balance the ocean, you balance us. And the biggest thing that we'll start wrapping this up here, and this is the most mind-bending thing that I ever heard about, is that if the moon disappeared, our Earth would literally wobble on its axis. And that's not good. We don't want it to wobble. We want balance. One of the most amazing things about this planet is its incredible balance. It's incredible ecological balancing of seasons and other things that it does. And we get our seasons from the tilt. You know, and if you study the Earth, study the history of the Earth, which my students are taking a test on tomorrow, it's a fascinating tale. This Earth has seen stuff, man. It's been there. It's a weathered thing. The crazy thing is about what life has done along its surface, like along the journey as it keeps going. That's the craziness. That's what this is all about. And the moon is an integral part of this. It would not be the earth as it is today without this moon. And it balances the seasons. Imagine a wobble, multiple degrees. They actually think that Jupiter, or I'm sorry, Mars does this. Mars wobbles a little bit. And at one point, the big, huge polar ice caps that are up at the poles were at the equator. And you can imagine if our equator flips vertical and our poles flip to the left or to the right and become the equator. I mean, drastic, epic changes. And then off this wobble, like a top getting, you know, going to its end as it spins and just goes all crazy... Uh, we can't have crazy. Biology cannot hang on to crazy. Biology and crazy do not go hand in hand. Massive changes of punctuated equilibrium fuel evolution. So we would have crazy amounts of these, which would therefore most likely not lead, most likely not, yeah, not lead to the the thing that is today, the ecological part that is, that as humans, the, the ecological footprint that is this, this whole thing's a part of. Wild, wild and crazy to think about this. So 
Wrapping it up here, this moon that we don't appreciate needs to be appreciated. It's a part of what we are. So when this thing hit 4.5 billion years ago, it kicks into motion a, a system. It, it's a part, an integral part of this system that we have, this geosynchronous orbited thing that's around us every single day playing havoc on our on our physical body of the uh, physical bodies of the rock and the water. But it, we don't see that it's balancing us. We don't see that this is going down. And when we get back to the sifulness side of this and why you should should be immensely appreciative of this and just marveling at the chaotic occurrences that took place, the cosmic collisions that took place over time to give us the ecology and the earth that is today is awesome. So when this thing, Thea, comes on in, it hits us at this little glancing blow. It just kind of kicks off the planet at like the slightest little angle, not like a cue ball hitting an eight ball. If that would have happened, obliterated, like endgame, the two the two things would have just become gas, a huge gas cloud that probably would have formed up into another planet, I guess, but it would have been different. And there's no telling that it would have had the chemical composition that it is today. And, you know, we're not even getting into the theory of how the chemical compositions of the two of them are the same. It may have been that they it was such an ob- incredible obliterating occurrence that it had enough time to just kind of form up a new homeostatic chemical composition and form up the same thing. But the the glancing blow kicked us onto the seasonal tilt that we have today, gave us our 24-hour cycle. The moon actually slows down our rotational period. You know, there there's there's evidence that says that a, long, a few years, not even that long ago, you know, an Earth, an Earth day was only eight to nine hours. We're actually losing the moon, so it's getting farther away, so it's having less of an impact on the breaking of our spin. But yeah, I'm sorry. We're going to lose the moon one day. There's all these things in astronomy like this is going to happen 5 billion billion years from now. So it's a long way. It's like getting it's like drifting away at the same rate your fingernails grow per year, which is not a lot. So you don't need to worry about it. Don't lose sleep tonight over like, "Oh my god, the moon." Ah. It'll be okay. We'll be fine. So, um again, back to this idea that let's just drive this home and I'll I'll click pause here and stop this bad boy. The moon balances us. The moon is what we are. The moon is so intricated with our earth that it's in essence considered the earth moon system. So the thing that you are, the thing that we are, the thing that biology, chemistry, and physics is today could not be what it was without that thing that's standing up in the sky. This amazing little tiny ball. It's it's desolate. It's arid. It's impacted. It's cratered. It's a, It's got all this stuff going down. And it's a part of you. It's a part of me. It's a part of the story that led to what we are today. The story that led to me being able to be me with my dogs behind me now making noise that I don't have time to edit this so we're just going to run it they're just pumped they got like a new house we have a fence they're just excited puppies you know they're just living large but these puppies wouldn't be here without the moon they wouldn't be here without the Thea collision they wouldn't be about with any of this and we don't know if this is totally true it's just another audacious attempt at humankind trying to understand describe and explain this story that is earth and life and science yeah humans do your thing son so go out today go outside walk your dogs walk your puppies go enjoy the weather stare up at this moon it was a full moon and we're probably in the i think we're in the waning phases as we get here probably like a waning gibbous as of right now and just appreciate that thing go up look up Earthrise, and just ponder that picture and look at the fragility that is this thing that we are because we are amazing this earth is amazing our moon is amazing in the sequential order of events that took place to give us the 
chance, the outside influential chance to be a part of this incredible biological ecosphere that is today. This biosphere, this biomass that is this, is us, would not be here without Luna. So go out there this week, guys, and be lunatics, and have a wonderful week, and you're wonderful, and you're great. And if you're digging this, please take the time to sign on to iTunes, rate, review, give me a five-star, four-star, three, I don't care, give me something, just show me that you care, and subscribe to it. Reach out to me on any of my social media handles. Twitter, I'm at the underscore science bro. Facebook and Instagram is both beautiful dust specs. You can check me out. I always post a cool little picture with this. Comment to any of those. Let me know what you're feeling. Let me know what you're challenging. Maybe tell me, do you like the, I know I need like, I'm, I'm trying to get to summer here with school. And I'll start making a little more intensive. I like some intro and outro music going down. Anyone knows any awesome science songs? Like, I want, like, Neil deGrasse's. He's got the Beastie Boys. He wins. Like, science, imagination. You know, they got a great one. I can't steal that one from them. But I would love to know what you guys are digging, what you're feeling. Just reach out and let me know how it's going. If you want, if you want to help me get a little money to put back into this thing, you can go to audibletrial.com forward slash beautiful specs and get your 30-day trial and fill your brain up with one of the 180,000 and audiobooks that are out there. Audiobooks are amazing. You can use the downtime that you normally listen to music, which is great, and you can download a book. I'm about to partake in trying to train for a marathon. I want to do a half on May 22nd, and I want to run one on the Chicago Marathon. I just got to see if I can raise $1,500 to get into the charity window. We shall see. But go out there this week, guys. Reach out to me on social media. Look up at the moon. Look at your hands. Look at yourself. Love all things everything, because you are an amazing, walking, talking, thinking, beautiful, Suspect. Peace.